0: Leibold to the right hand, puts her down, he's going to jump him hard to the ice. Brady Leopold just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, to 3, two, one.
1: Warrior. My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story.
0: emergency? Someone overdosed? What's the address?
1: I overdosed over 10 times. I'm one of the lucky ones. And for that, I will always be grateful. This is for all the men and women who have lost. Matthew Wazinski, Mitch Fadden, this one's for you. My name's Brady Leibold, and I've been to hell and back. This is The Road to Recovery. What's going on? Welcome. I'm back. Episode number 89. I'm Brady Liebold. Coming at you live, if you're watching live, thank you from Muskoka, Ontario. Beautiful, snowy, cold Muskoka, Ontario. If you're listening after the fact or watching wherever you're taking in this content thank you so so much been having a very emotional day today an unbelievably great day but my emotions have just been pouring and pouring out um I gotta stall a little bit here in the beginning guys because Kevin's having a little bit of issue with the link we hope that he can join us here shortly but there's some things that I want to cover I'm like I said I'm having one of the best days but a very emotional day and Sometimes this happens, right? Um, For me anyways, with the things that I'm working through myself, with the conversations that I'm having with people who sometimes are in crisis, who are struggling, family members who have lost a loved one, it can get pretty heavy sometimes. Uh, The other side to that is knowing um, and now feeling like I'm actually contributing to making a small difference and um a couple years ago i never would have thought it was possible i know i say this all the time uh but just so grateful uh for everybody's support and yeah i just i'm at a little bit of a loss for words and uh, i was gonna save this to the end I'm, i'm hoping that kevin can connect here soon um but Puck Support, as you guys know, I'm the founder, co-founder of Puck Support. Uh, and, you know, we're heading in the direction of becoming a charity uh, very soon. There's some exciting stuff going on right now. Technically, we're just a clothing line that provides awareness and hope and, and all that stuff because that's where I had to start. And uh, it's gone very, very well. And I'm so grateful and thankful for all of you who have supported. It's just another thing that's gone so much better than I could have ever expected. And now we're ready to take it to the next step. Uh, But the biggest thing here at puck support for anybody that doesn't know the mission, yes, is to create solutions and outlets and resources for people in the hockey community who are struggling with mental illness and addiction. Um, Unfortunately, there have been several hockey players over the course of the last number of years that have taken their own life or overdosed. And if you've ever watched my show or anything that I've done, I'm sure you know this and it's, you know, it's very close to my heart and very close to puck support is making sure that all of those that we've lost are never, ever forgotten. And so I'm currently in Gravenhurst, Ontario, and there is a great four on four pond hockey tournament that I've been waiting since I moved here for it to happen. And because of COVID, it hadn't happened. We weren't sure if it was going to happen this year, but we got the green light the other day. And so, I registered a team i'm going to try to hold back tears as i say this and the first person i called was matt thompson if anyone's watched the show you guys know he's my ride or die my best friend in the entire world and the individual that shared the story of his friend matthew lisinski with me and that was the very first hockey player that i had heard who had passed away of a fentanyl overdose and shortly thereafter i found out that my friend mitch fadden who is beside him here on the wall matthew and mitch they died two weeks apart both of overdose Matt and I didn't know each other before he made that phone call after listening to my first podcast. And since then we've become best friends. So I called him and I told him we were going to put a team uh, in the puck support tournament or that four on four tournament. And of course, he's going to come down and, and now we're going to build a team out. And what does that look like? And, and we started to talk and, uh, some suggestions came down the pipe. And one of the first suggestions was a guy by the name of Zach, Clark and Zach Clark was Daniel Miner's best man in his wedding his best friend Daniel Miner is here and Daniel Miner's friends and family have become like family to me and a big part of puck support and Zach is going to represent Daniel in the tournament we have some other great people playing Stuart Smith from Abbotsford Fire Chief just got word he's coming out that's right we got Brody Brody Kerbison playing Cam Reed Jason Cook and the most the reason why i'm telling you guys this and the reason why i was about to get emotional is because we decided that we're not playing for ourselves we're not playing to win we're playing in honor of all those that we've lost and you know we're gonna have a banner made with the never forget picture i'm going to post here in a sec right there on the banner everyone's going to know why we're there who we're playing for and we're going to take it a step further i'm going to be wearing a jersey with mitch fadden's name and number on the back Matt Thompson's going to be wearing a jersey with Matthew Lisinski's name and number on the back. Zach Clark is going to be wearing a jersey with Daniel Miner's name and number on the back, and so on. And unfortunately, there's only eight spots on the team. And there's way too many hockey players that we've lost. We can't possibly make jerseys for all of them and wear them. But what we can do is we can hand brochures out and have that picture there and, and make sure that people never, ever forget those that we've lost and understand that, Change needs to be made and we're there. We're bringing awareness, bringing conversation. And, you know, I had conversations with Nancy lazinski this morning, Matt Fadden, Mitch brother, his brother this morning, Tom Miner, Daniel's dad this morning. And, you know, the Miner family is actually coming up. They've already booked their hotel. They're going to be here for the tournament. And. I can't even put it into words. I really can't even put it into words. It just means so much to me and to to everyone here at puck support to have their support and to be able to play in their honor. And I'm not doing it justice with the words that I'm sharing right now. I wish I could find uh better words, just to how much this really truly means to all of us. And, um, We're really looking forward to getting on the ice. And Kevin has now joined us. We're going to go to one commercial. I'm super pumped he's here. It's going to be an incredible story for you guys to hear. A lot of you guys know him. But if you haven't, hold on and get ready to feel really inspired um, because he's quite a few years older than me, but you'd never ever guess it not by the way he looks not by the way he trains not by the way he skates not his mentality nothing and i think there's something that we can all take from kevin porter's mentality the last teaser before i go to commercial is i got a very important message today one that i wasn't sure i was ever going to get a guy by the name of jordan tutu reached out to me on his own and said hey i've been listening to a couple of episodes of your podcast great work way to turn your life around um and we conversed for a little while and he's still texting me right now and i'm going to share a little bit more about that conversation after the show is over so stick around for that um it's been a really really amazing day and i'm just so great that grateful that you're here quickly regan bartell the beautiful people over at team issued and we're back with kevin porter Thank you to Regan Bartel, Jesse Paradise, everyone over Team Issued. Been with me since day one, even when nobody else believed in me. Jesse Paradise, Team Issued, Regan Bartel, you guys did. Thank you. I'll never, ever forget. But let's get to the reason why you guys are here. I'm really excited about this one. I'm not even going to try to go into his story because I want to hear it from his mouth directly. I am... F- three episodes into his docu-series and I got my dad hooked on it now. And my dad's a retired firefighter. This guy is an active firefighter who stopped playing hockey at a very young age because of some life traumas. Life happens, some tragedies happen and life went in a different direction. And Kevin Porter turned into a firefighter, a paramedic giving back, wanting to be that person to give back to the community After all that he had been through, after a horrific accident at work where he, I can say, I haven't asked him, but I'm sure he, life, I know life flashed before his eyes. I'm not sure how close it was to losing his life, but it was pretty damn close. And in the midst of all of that, in his 30s, am I right, Kevin? Shake your head. In your 30s, 40s, 40s, he had an epiphany and it was I'm gonna get back to hockey. And I'm not just gonna get back to hockey. I'm gonna go back and I'm I'm gonna play pro hockey. I'm gonna do anything and everything that I can do to get there and I don't care who who says what or this. I'm just gonna put my head down and I'm gonna work. And I've been watching this guy for the last year and a half and I'm not the first to say it. I won't be the last to say it. I have not seen anybody anywhere, especially in the hockey community do and continue to do what Kevin Porter has done and does every single day, day in and day out. And to me, it's so much more than just about hockey for me, for him, maybe it is, but for me, it's so much more about hockey we can all learn so much from Kevin Porter. So for without further ado, guys, let's do it. Let's bring him in. My man, Kevin Porter. (laughs) What's going on, buddy?
2: Good evening, Brady. How are you, brother?
1: Oh man, I'm, I'm doing so well today, Kevin. Thank you for asking. And uh, honestly, man, thanks for being here. I'm a, I'm a big Kevin Porter fan, dude. I'm a big Kevin Porter fan for so <laughs> many reasons. And um, you know, I, I honestly, I'm going to break the conversation right open. I don't think you're getting enough recognition. I know there's a docu-series. I know there's newspaper articles. I just don't think you're getting enough recognition for what you're doing. And I, my hat, is literally off to you, man. And if you guys haven't seen what he's doing, follow this guy on social media. Just go check it out for five minutes. It'll it'll make your head spin. So Kevin, tell us a little bit about yourself, man, and, and where your love for hockey originally maybe got started as a kid.
2: Uh, so I mean I, I grew up in Kitchener, uh huge hockey town, right? Between London and Toronto, a massive hockey hotspot. Um, Kitchener Waterloo, Cambridge Guelph, whole surrounding areas is a real hockey hotbed. You know, I played my whole life, and to, uh, basically to sum it up, you know, I was I was a little guy growing up playing, and I was um, maybe too small for the AAA team, uh, not fast enough at that. Well, I was speedy, but definitely on the smaller side. Um, so, you know, it, it is what it is. When you're growing up, some kids grow fast, some kids, uh, you know, are, are, are late bloomers, and I would definitely say I'm a late bloomer in more than one way. But uh, uh, you know, it, it just. It just didn't happen for me when I was a kid. I played double-A uh, growing up. And then when I was 16, I had uh, my Nana died um, of cancer. And three months later, my mom got killed in a construction accident. So between that happening, um, there was a bunch of us cut from the double-A team and sent down to the single-A team. And, you know, that's enough of a an ego bruiser at that age. And for any uh, hockey player, boy, girl, really at any age right to get cut sent down can be very demoralizing um but it's how you react to it right it's not the end of things right as i've obviously proven um and then and then you know just dealing with the trauma of losing my nana who basically lived with me and my sisters and my mom like our whole lives having two moms i basically lost two moms within three months um you know, at the time, my mom was a single mom, raising myself and my, my two sisters. And, you know, we went to visit my father. And my, my dad didn't live that far away and we'd see him on weekends. But, you know, I mean, it, it was just very challenging growing up. And, and then, you know, that kind of carried over into high school. And as you can imagine, I wasn't uh, exactly the uh, grade A student because I just, I couldn't focus on school. My mind was always like, you know, thinking about her, thinking about my Nana. Um, the only place I wanted to be truly was at the gym or on the ice rink. Um, and then that's where I took out a lot of my, my frustration. And I tried to channel it to, um, you know, in, in a positive light um, instead of, you know, going down the other road, which unfortunately some people fall back them to
1: Yeah. And that's a that's a huge point. Right. And that's something that I noticed right off uh, in, I think, maybe the first episode of the docuseries. I think you may have touched on that is how easily it would have been for you to maybe go down a darker path. Maybe not easy in the sense where you could go do it, but just with all the things that had kind of compound in a short amount of time at a young age, that's enough to send anybody off kind of the deep end and, and maybe go down the right wrong path. Was there something that you were able to attribute why you didn't or was there an influence or or was it just the fact that you were able to kind of stay focused on on what made you feel good naturally by working out or playing hockey or those things i
2: i guess i always had the feeling of never wanting to disappoint those that i lost you know Mm -hmm. like i had this idea that they were floating above me spying on me all the time at least that's what Mm -hmm. i tell myself and maybe they still are i don't know but uh, you know so i was always really cognizant of of you know what i was doing and how i acted and you know i started working when i was i mean i've had two jobs since i've been 13 years old and then when mom passed away i i had to work extra because you know it was my two sisters my dad my stepmom and my stepbrothers so now we had four kids in a semi-detached right if if i wanted extra things to buy or purchase or do or go anywhere i kind of figured i better pony up and work for it because the money's got to come from somewhere and that was just you know me working i worked at you know canadian tire i was working as a doorman in kitchener when i was 17 years old so on the side on the weekends because i was a, a bigger kid like i was working out like crazy um and i was always into martial arts and kickboxing so i, I had that that side of me as well but I, I i was always constructive with it you know and i always tried to like i think i worked so much that like i didn't actually party a lot because i was always in the clubs working right? Mm-hmm. Like in my teenage years, my late teenage years. So like when I quit the club scene working and I was able to go with my buddies, I was like, uh, whatever, man, this is lame because I've been doing this for four years as a bouncer, mm-hmm. right? So I, I didn't really have the big party um, growing up that a lot of kids would. I was working to make money to do other things and, and keep my brain and, you know, my emotions in check and do do things that are constructive so
1: was there a time Kev like maybe through that like where there was a period that was maybe more challenging than others where you can reflect back and and was there ever a time when you think it could have went worse for you or were you just you seem kind of like the guy that has a very one track positive mind if you will, like when you get focused on something, you're just you are type A and you're doing it to the best of your ability. You're all in. And it's such a great quality to have. I just I I kind of sit here and it just wow. After all you went through, you were stable to maintain that. Where where did you kind of lose playing hockey like during that time after 16 and and working in these clubs were you still tied to playing hockey were you getting on the ice um were you resentful towards hockey at all was there a period of time that you didn't want to play
2: no not at all actually um rewinding just a little bit so you know the time trying to think the timeline here so you know 92 when mom died so uh nana died january and then i was cut end of January, mom died March 31st, you know, from March 31st to, you know, that fall, I was bound and determined to make the Kitchener green shirts. And at the time the green shirts um, were a triple E feeder team. There was a major midget team. So the Rangers had scouted from London Knights, like all kinds of OHL teams and being in that hockey area, like I was, I kind of went off the rails with my training and I got myself up to probably 185 as a 17 year old. And I was, like a brick shithouse. Uh, I went to the tryout camp, right, for the triple A team. I was feeling amazing. A guy slashed me on the hand and broke my thumb. So yeah. <laughs> it's a hockey injury, right? But, you know, it's different if it happens in your 20s or your 30s and you're playing pro and you're like, ah, man, I'm out for five, six weeks. I can do leg workouts. I can skate with a broken hand. I can't play. But as a 17-year-old, right, you're like, you know, my hand was in a cast up to my wrist for, you know, seven weeks. Um, the fall started, the teams were set, they were made. Yeah. Before I could play, it was December and then the teams were made. And then I played a bit of high school hockey. Well, that was like terrible. And I just became really disen not disenchanted, but I was, I just started to move in a different direction. And then, you know, then it was, you know, I started working, um, started doing, construction work during the day and then i was working at night and going to the gym and then life just gets real busy and then i decided i needed to go back to school and then now i'm starting to think about you know you're going into more of a survival mode versus like oh i want to go play a game which yeah. you know it really hurt me because i really loved the game but I, I i couldn't focus on it because you know i was getting a bit older and i'm like i gotta have I need a plan here. I I don't want to do landscaping and construction um, at the time, right? Some things have changed now, but I didn't want to go that route. I had other objectives, right? So, in a way, I was trying to avenge. I think my mom's passing, a little bit, and my nan is passing by. You know, um, I wanted to be able to help somebody, and I always wanted to be a, a paramedic and a firefighter, and so that's what I settled to do.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it's, you know, and you mentioned that in your series too, as you alluded to kind of why you, you went in that direction, right? And, and your mom died in that tragic uh, construction accident, and, and now you've put yourself on the front lines to help people. and. Uh, you know, you've been a fireman, paramedic for years. Tell us a little bit about that that day when you you go into the fire and and you got your partner on your back and 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 you're going down the door. Your captain's behind you, and that was a big moment that kind of changed your life and put you on the path that you're on now, right, Kev?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was um, it was in 20, it was 2010. twenty. I've told the story so many times. You think I'd remember it? But it was, it was twenty ten. It was just before I met uh, my wife and. It was a Sunday morning. I was on the treadmill at the fire hall doing a workout, and, and so I was warmed up. I was ready to go, and uh, we we got a call. There was smoke in the area of the firehouse I was working at the time, and went for a drive. We came across, you know, a house full of smoke, puffing smoke emitting from every door, window. Um, Christmas lights were up. It's a Sunday morning. It's early. It's just after seven. So your your instinct is, you know, there there could be someone in there. So we we do what we do and. You know, we went in and, and every time a, a fire team fire service any anytime you walk through a door you know you have to expect the unexpected and you know what happened to us excuse me it would have happened to any crew who, that went and happened to go in that front door and usually we make access to that alpha side and um you know the front door um you know, we, we broke the door down uh, there were chains on the door we broke those and we made it two feet inside the front door and then fell. Now, having said that, was it, you know, it had the potential to be a catastrophic. Fall injuries, yeah, the basement was on fire, but you know, we got lucky. Um, scary, nonetheless, but that was enough to um, kind of push me down that path of like, okay, um, love the career, worked very hard to get here, but I have another career as well. I have a family. I've got other loves in life. There's a lot of ways to make a paycheck. And it, it, it just, it changes the way you think. Right. And it's not that I don't love the job cause I love them dearly. I mean, I've had dangerous things happen to me at EMS. I've had dangerous things happen to me working construction. I've been to multiple construction accidents, fatalities, you name it, right over 20 years in the business. So, um, but it, it scared me at the time to a point that it just started to point the compass in a different direction. And would I want to go through that again? I would say no, but if you ask me, would you go through that again to enable you to get on this path to hockey? Mm-hmm. Again, yeah, I'd probably take the hit.
0: Hold on. <laughs> You
1: got, got to throw the horn out for that one. And uh, tell us a little bit about that moment and, and what that kind of looked like for you in that decision, in that moment. How did that come to fruition? That at, how old are you in 2010, Kev? For, 42? No, no, not 30. He's wow. 46 now. I'm terrible at math. Holy cow. Yeah, me too. I was younger. 35, but, 36. And, and here you are. Walk us through that. What's going through your mind to say, hey, I'm in my mid-30s, but I'm going to go attack my dream of becoming a professional hockey player. Walk us through how that moment came about and, and what that felt like to make that decision right then and there.
2: Well, I, I, I can I can remember exactly, you know, roughly where I was in the ambulance because I was on a backboard and I was actually with two of my coworkers from Peel Paramedic Service that I, that I work all the time with. And, um, you know, when I came out of the fire, you know, Initially, I was really angry because I then found out it was a grow lab, um, yeah. you know, and so now you're just ultra annoyed because it's technically something illegal where you could have got hurt or killed. Yeah. Um, not like you're trying to save a baby, yeah. you know, so you come out of that. So there's that feeling. And then I said to my, my paramedic friend, Mike, I said, you know, I landed pretty good and uh, <laughs> I think I better, you know, go on the backboard with a collar. And as I was going to the hospital, I just had a million things racing through my mind. And, you know, I was like, man, I just, I don't know what flashed in my mind. I missed so much, right? Playing and competing. And and I kind of felt like I didn't, I I didn't have that opportunity to give it my all when I was younger. I didn't have the the time, money or resources. And, um, but at at this point in my life, I kind of, I had that. So I was like, you know, I'm going to make a run for it and uh, give it a go.
1: And And, man, it's not like Kevin Porter was sitting on a backboard and had this one-off idea that said, yeah, I'm going to go back and play hockey and I'm going to do this. You have sunk your teeth in like a 100% committed professional. And there's professionals that can't even do what you're doing. And it's it's incredible. And I really want to hear about the initial kind of start back to hockey and and you know with this uphill battle and we'll get to you've had great successes along the way i know you haven't got to where you wanted to go quite yet but a ton of success in this story and it just continues to grow but tell us a little bit about maybe that first time that you're on the ice um with the idea that you're going to attack this dream and and how does that feel and and was there a moment where it was like ooh, maybe this is too much
2: you know what, there was never a moment when it was too much, but I can, I can definitely remember. So, um, you know, I had been out playing with, with guys at work or, or shiny with guys off the job and, and like in different you know realms and ranks and stuff. And where did you play? And I'm like, uh, like, I don't know, like double A and Kitchener. They're like, did you play junior? I'm like, no. And And guys were kind of like, Oh wow. Really? And I said, yeah, no, I just, Never did, never had the opportunity, but I always loved playing and loved skating, and um, so I, I was really honest with myself. I, I kind of assessed some of the weaknesses and things I needed to work on, and um, I went down to the Mastercard Center in Toronto, uh, where the Leafs and Marlies practice, and they've got four beautiful rinks there. and And I, I was walking through there just one day, just to try and get some information, and I saw a Hockey School: A Journey to Excel. So, which is run by Jennifer Botterill and Adrian Lamonico. So, I I went in there and I talked to Adrian and and we set up a one-on-one, a private, and it happened to be in the Olympic ice. Okay, so not only am I going out on the rink, it's been a minute, right? But now I'm going out with like a stud skills coach and Adrian's a wonderful Skills coach if you've never I don't know if you know who he is or have seen. Him I know skate. exactly
1: I know who he is I've never met him but I've, I've definitely seen who he is and what he does he's amazing he's
2: he's unreal right he's he he's a fantastic skills coach and I, and I worked with journey to Excel for you know like the first three four years um and I was so humbled when I got off the ice it was the longest drive home to Milton ever um and I was like oh wow there's a few things I got to I got exposed right so like they say um and i just was like okay so game plan and i just kept going like just i mean like the docuseries says just relentless like i just i would not take no i like i just kept going back and you know we kept training and then i was skating uh at night um you know i'd work ambulance all day and i'd get to the rink at seven o'clock depending on my work schedule that day if we they had skates 435 5.30, Like, I was getting home at 10 o'clock at night sometimes. And, I like, I felt bad. I'd be like, sorry, Ash, I'm getting home so late. I've been up since 4 in the morning. I worked 6 to 6. And then I might have got overtime for an hour, and I'm like, oh, fuck, i got to get to the rink of train. And I was like, I remember one day I had a late call, and I could not get to the rink for my session. And it was on Lakeshore and Dixie, like, just down the street from the Massacred Centre. And it was, like, killing me because I couldn't get to the rink. But we had to take this lady to the hospital and I just, it took a long time to call. I won't get into the details, but I was like, I was so annoyed that I couldn't get to the rink, but I'm like, okay, like this only happens once in a blue moon, you, you'll get over it. But I was so dedicated. So I'm so into my training. Like I just don't miss. Right. But I, you know, when you're working emergency services, sometimes you're handcuffed and you just, you can't get out of what you're doing. So, um, yeah, that was, that was my first foray back into it. And then it just, just kind of, you know.
1: It's, uh, it's pretty remarkable, man. Even to make that, I just try to put myself in the situation that you were in and walking in to train with Adrian and, and, and how uncomfortable that could have felt and, and how uncomfortable it could have felt after, like you said, being exposed. And that could have been enough for many people to say, ah maybe that wasn't such a good idea. Maybe this isn't for me, but not you. Not Kevin Porter. Kevin Porter says no game plan. We're going to go and we're going to we'll tweak this, we're going and you've been at it since and Kev tell me about, you know, playing in your first professional game, you you played in the Fed and and you know, what was that like? And and I know maybe you have higher aspirations to play, but getting that first initial you know, you go from having no elite prospects page to all of a sudden I don't know how many guys have no elite prospects page before, like no junior. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden they show up and they're playing in a pro league. So how long did it take before you got that first call? Uh,
2: So, well, well, I mean, first of all, to the audience, my elite prospects is nothing to write home about. And I've been, I've been, I've been, um, it is as, as lately as uh, Monday, I had a guy from uh, Slovakia contact me cause he thought I was Kevin Porter from like the other Kevin Porter from, from America. And I am like, no, I'm not him. And he's like, but your videos. And I said, no, but I, am not that guy. I'm the Canadian Kevin Porter. Oh really? I says, yeah. Like, sorry to disappoint you, but it happens. So where so were we? Again? I
1: just, I want to, I just want to jump in for a sec because anybody could get easily confused just for example for anybody watching or listening i've seen a video and i've watched it again today because i saw it before and i couldn't find it i actually asked that kevin to send it to me you got a lap time of you skating a fastest lap that is really and i know you're going to downplay this it's really not that far off like dylan larkin's fastest skater time and, and these some of these guys your, your lap time is right on par with some guys that are playing in the NHL. So, for a guy to see your videos and to see you skating and to see you on the ice and to see you training makes perfect sense. Never mind having the same name. I just mean watching you. I was the same. I watch you and I'm like, what? Like, no, like I was so captivated by your story because there's so much there. So, I, I kind of want to hear about that though, about when that first call, like, yeah, you're going to play. Like, tell me, how did that feel?
2: So actually the the very first game I played, if you want to like first, first game was with the steel city warriors. Okay. Down in Pennsylvania. And I played at the Hera arena. So Wayne Gretzky and I have something in common. Wayne Gretzky played his first pro game apparently at this arena. And so did I. And it was cool because I had kids, little kids screaming at me. Like I was the enemy. Um, They were the home team and Columbus had, an unbelievable team. Um, they had this guy, I think his name, uh, uh Ahmed Mafuz. This he's a real good player down there. I, I, I don't know where he is now, but they, they, they trounced us. Like they just crushed us. I hit the post in my first game. Like uh, I was using a bower vapor and I rang one off the pipe and I was just like, it was cool. Um, But when i get out there like i had heard the fed was like such a big goon league and this and that and it was actually pretty quick so when i get out there my first shift i was like oh shit, i better pick it up a bit because these guys are actually faster than i thought and then once i got going i'm like oh this isn't so bad and it was fine like it was it was a real fun experience um uh, a couple of my teammates have kind of from there they've moved on to some other really cool positions and um, one of my teammates ended up playing against him in Sweden when I was there Yeah, uh, in, in the division. We were in the North Division, and another friend of mine is has done some work with the Arizona Coyotes since. So it's – you know, you go to these little towns and small-town USA, and because up here in Canada, we don't have a lot of hockey leagues, yeah. right? There, there's a couple teams in the A, right, are NHL teams, but all the SP, East Coast, Fed, yeah. everything south of the border – which yeah. is great. I, I love bombing. I love America. I love going down there. Um, it, so that was my very first, first pro game.
1: How old were you, Kev? Oh
2: man. Please, I'm not trying to
1: age you, but I'm trying no, to no. no. Make-
2: I, I, I actually Thank have you. to stop and think for a minute because it's, it's been a couple of years. I, I think it was 37. Wow. But wow. it was cool. Like I, I, I felt young at, at heart and like it was,
1: do you, you feel know? as young now as you did then? Because you're 46 now, right? How are you? 46.
2: Yeah, I'm 46. I, I I would actually, honestly, I can I can honestly say because I've evolved as a player, I probably feel younger now. And the thing is, I work with so many young people at ambulance and fire that for me to transition to a hockey dressing room, it's like no big thing because you know I could go in the fire hall uh, on Monday when I go back to work and be working with like three other guys that are younger than me or eight other guys that are younger than me or i can go to work ambulance with like a 20 year old so like i'm 46 so like okay what do i have in common with a 20 year old well it's no different than if i was in a hockey locker room what do i have in common with a 20 year old we both love hockey right so like maybe i've played hockey longer but they might have played hockey at a higher level but we still have what in common we're we're both on the same team now doing the same job or different jobs, but the same mission. Right. So I I mean, it's such a, an easy transition for me and, and conversely guys going from um, hockey into police, EMS, fire, you know, these sorts of occupations. So. How,
1: how do you keep that mindset? Is there something that, that works for you or that you do that allows you to wake up every single day and stay motivated because we can kind of, there's a lot of pieces we're missing to the story that we can piece in, but you're still training three, four, sometimes more days a week on the ice, in the gym all the time. And with the end goal, like you're still chasing your dreams uh, to continue playing pro. Um, you got into a couple of games uh, before COVID two years ago and you scored. You got your first pro goal too, right? And things were looking pretty good and then COVID yeah. kind of shut it down. Is there something that you do to keep to keep you going um, through maybe this this tough time and sometimes it feels like you're busting your ass and you're just not getting maybe that opportunity that I honestly think you deserve. So how do you keep going?
2: You know, I I look I look back and I look at you know some of the great opportunities I had like when I went to Sweden there I played division three for a year and that was a lot of fun and met a lot of people you know had some opportunities to go back there. Um like I've had I've actually had some pretty interesting opportunities but with COVID like, I wasn't able to go. I got invited to Russia to a VHL camp uh, mm. last April. COVID, shut it down, shut it down again. So I know I'm on the right path, right? I have ultimate belief in my abilities, in, in, like, my mindset, my drive. Like, I wake up like I'm hungry. Like, it's unfinished business, right? It's it's no different than a hockey team from last year. You know, maybe the, the team didn't complete what they, you know, what their objective was and you know, there's unfinished business. And, and if you talk to guys, you know, like, you know, like you it's a hockey talk. thing, like it's, you know, it, it's an athlete thing. It's, you know, when you don't attain what you want to, you know, you can either just drift off in a you know, existence or, you know, buckle down and get after it. I just, for me, I have nothing to lose. Like I have nothing to lose. I, I'm the guy that has nothing to lose, but I've got a, I have unfinished business and i gotta take care of it you know and this isn't like a this isn't like a bucket list something just for me to like you know tick off and then i'm done with it i've got like an end goal with with hockey down the road things i want to do you know coaching skills coaching maybe scouting i you know we'll see but i mean that all takes a lot of time right now i'm just so focused on becoming the best and most complete athlete player that i can and that's going to help carry over into some other areas of hockey that I'm quite interested in, 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 you know, moving forward, but not right away.
1: I, I hear, I hear what you're saying, man. And I, I believe that those opportunities are there for you and will be there for you and continue to develop for you as time goes on. Um, but I, I see you train. I I hear how you talk and the passion. There's a few. There's a few comments coming coming in. I just want to get to one quickly. And my buddy down in Argentina, Matt, he's watching in the southernmost tip of Argentina in Ushuaia, Argentina. Says the story pumps me up, gives me new life to train harder. Oh, Ashley,
2: the is locked.
1: Oh, you're locked out. Sorry, I can. Yeah, still, I'm
2: using my wife's computer. Still, in it, it's I, can I can still
1: see you. I can still see you. You're good. That's hilarious. A, that's what we got for live live shows. <laughs> that's hilarious. Thanks, Ashley, for helping out. And hello. <laughs> Thanks She's for the You want to see her? Nope. I I saw her all over the docu series. She's great. Seems like you guys met just at the right time. And uh, a lot of people. Uh, I maybe we should ask her. Maybe we should ask her a couple questions. Are you guys still there?
3: I'm here. She's right here.
1: How has it been for you? Um, I, I think there's a lot of people out there that have spouses and and we want to say that, you know, yeah, we support them 100% and, and we have their back. But I look at you and, and what you, you know, you do with Kevin and support him. And and I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that I haven't seen in the docuseries or may not see in the docuseries, how he helps support you as well. But how has it been for you? And and how do you find that to to keep supporting him through this? Because it's incredible. And it must make it so much easier on you, Kevin, to have somebody by your side that just believes in you as much as you do.
3: So that's a really great question. Um, I think, you know, I'm a nurse by trade. And I think the mantra that has carried me through this profession, as well as for sure, supporting Kevin is, I grew up, with a ton of love and a ton of support. And I recognize how much other people have had taken away from them. Mm. And so if one thing I can do is give back to someone else and support someone else, um, the way that I was loved and supported, then, you know, I have done something right in the world. Um, I think at the beginning there was a lot that I didn't understand and it wasn't necessarily for me to understand. Um, I knew I had to support him. I knew I didn't need to completely understand it, but I think as the years have gone on, um, I've grown more to understand. And I think that's only strengthened the support. And Kev has shown me a ton of support in things that I've endeavored to um, chase after in my life as well. So it works both ways.
1: I love it and and that's it's amazing to hear. and it, you're very lucky that you had that. And it's so awesome to know for you to know that you had that and to be able to share that with with others and especially with Kevin and be there to support him. and uh, it was just so nice to be able to for me to take in as as a fan of the show of Kevin of everything that's going on and to kind of see because before seeing the Docu series, all I saw is him training and you don't get to whole a whole, whole lot of inside look at least I hadn't seen it and to see the supports and and all that goes into it it, it's pretty incredible and um yeah I'm just kind of like I'm super excited to see where this goes and I told you this off the air like I don't know what I can do to help you but I am I'm there kicking down doors with you every way because at the end of the day man like I see a guy that at the very least deserves to be recognized and deserves to get an opportunity and and that's all that anybody can ask for right and you know you may not like me saying this because you're in the midst of living out your dream but Kevin your place in hockey buddy I believe it's not so much as a player but the impact that when you are done you will have an impact as a player don't get me wrong but when you are done when you decide that the dream as a player is over for you whenever that may be I hope it's not for a long time. Whenever that may be, Kevin, you will have a significant impact in the hockey community however you want because you have the capacity to inspire and, and lift people up. And, you know, Kevin, maybe you don't make the NHL, but maybe you can be a part of multiple people's stories to help them get there um, through the things that you've learned. And, and I hope I, Kevin, I, I don't get, I have not given up on your dream, not even for one second. And the only reason I say that is because not because I'm blowing smoke up your ass. It's because I see the commitment that you've put in the dedication, the hard work, and not everybody can do that. There's a reason why nobody's done it at your age in hockey, the way that you've done it. And I just so believe that you deserve so much more recognition for this. And I know there's the docu-series. I know there's been newspaper articles. um, And we're going to have the link if anyone's watching or listening. If you want to check the Relentless, the Kevin Porter story out, I'm going to have all the links posted in the stories, in the podcast audio. It'll be click and go and watch. And I encourage all of you guys to watch it for so many reasons, not even just based it's a great story of a guy chasing his hockey dreams. There's so much more in there that we can all learn from. And yeah, man, Kev, tell us a little bit about your skills coach. I love, I love the relationship that you guys have that must make things, uh, going to the rink every day. Uh, I see him walking in with funny hats and you guys fighting on the ice a little bit, playing around. Uh, tell me a little bit about your relationship with your current skills coach and how much that means to you.
2: Yeah. So, um, after the Toronto sun uh, article there, I, I was on the the ice again at the the Mastercard center at the time it was called it's now the Ford performance center. And uh, I was out there with my skating coach, Vanessa Krohn and Eddie Choi walked in and, and I had Eddie on my social media and I knew he was a hockey skills guy and, and he's up in the stand and he's starts yelling down at me. Like, and I'm like, Hey Eddie. And it was like, we knew each other forever. And then, Um, once I got off the ice with an he, he came in the room or he knocked at the door and I said, Hey, come in. And that's how we actually met. So we actually met like handshake at the rink at the lease pad that, uh, at their practice facility. And, uh, you know, I just said, why don't you come out sometime and, you know, we'll see what you got. Right. And, and we were just, we just clicked so well and, um, you know, he wanted to show me some things and, and I, I really didn't know if I wanted to have like a skills coach or somebody out with me all the time. And and Eddie started coming out with me and I would go out with him and help him with some of his stuff. Um, you know, and then fast forward, I was approached to do the docu series, and then, um, you know, the trial with rapid city rush of the East coast hockey league happened. And there was just, it just kind just kind of kept going and going and going. And, and, you know, every time I would leave the rink, I would be I would be happy, but not content. You know what I mean? Like, I was always like, okay, but next time we got to do this, or I want to do that better. We had practices where we did the same drills, like five, 10 skates in a row, right? And people would be like, well, you guys do the same drills all the time? I'm like, yeah, because I want to perfect this, right? Like, I want to get real good at doing this. Like, why keep moving on to something else if, if you suck at what you're doing? So I want it to be, like, ultra effective at, like, tipping pucks, for example, right? Because I think it's a huge part of the game. Dirty goals. Dirty goals win playoff games, when you know, the big prize. So little things like that, um, you know, positioning without the puck, um, head position, body position, puck awareness, like where to go different areas to score from different angles. We're always working on, you know, weird, obscure things. And yeah, and and it's grown into a friendship off the ice and and we're good friends. And we've talked about doing all kinds of hockey stuff, you know, down the road. Um, But right now, like I said, um, make no mistake about it. still ultra focused on competing, right? Myself as an athlete, as a player, it's still in me. As much as I can watch a video of Rod Brindamore and get jacked up and and think he's the coolest coach, you know, in the world, guys like him and and, and Sheldon in Toronto, and there's so many good coaches and mentors out there, I just, at some point, maybe yes, but right now i got to keep
0: pushing. So
1: push buddy you keep pushing man i i'm gonna get to a couple comments here we got the asher group limited i'm not sure you maybe you know them says honored to be associated with kevin he's a gem uh we got some got a bunch more let's go let's go to the top here um let me see here go to this one brody's gonna be watching your Your docu-series, 100%. We have a comment from Smealer. says, great story. My hat goes off to you, Kevin, and your wife. I'm going to watch your story after this. I definitely will support you 100%. Um, uh, And thank you, Kevin. You have inspired me to pick it up a notch. I've been feeling old lately, and I know I'm not done yet. (laughs) Just a number. It is, right? And I think that that is a very important thing to understand here through – at least for me, for, just sit back and watch what you've done, what you take on consistently um, out of just be pure passion and drive. And you know, I've like much like my buddy Matt, watching, saying that you know I've been feeling old lately. I'm I'm 34, and for the last 10 years, I've felt I've I've almost made the excuse in my mind like, oh, I'm getting older, my hockey career is over, so I don't need to train, I don't really need to take care of myself. And you have like, you were kind of a big reason. I actually saw you play and doing what you were doing prior to me ever, like getting back playing again. And it was a, a, a a part of the reason why I decided to go back and play. I was like, there's a guy that's 46 years old that can go back and play and he's playing professional. There's no way that I can't go back and play senior, senior men's hockey. And, and I did. And, um, you know, I'm not sure if I'll, how many more games I'll play myself, um, but I'll tell you, it was unfinished business. I ended up scoring my first goal in 10 years after being homeless and addicted and all that stuff. And and uh, it was a big moment for me. I, you know, I remember, and excuse my language for everybody watching, after I, there's a video of it, this a senior men's game and there's people in the stands and stuff that you got to pay to get in. Not a huge fan, but I remember being at center, I I'm just like, Fuck Yeah, like I screamed it like you can hear it. I never celebrated like that in a day in my life, even when I was playing junior or pro But it meant so much more just to know that, you know that there was some unfinished business that I did go back and you know Sure, it's not not gonna get to where I Ever got to but for me, it was just the fact of getting back on the ice and being part of again and I think you know, being able to watch you, man, it inspired me and you continue to inspire me. And uh I'm I am gonna do whatever I can to help you. I want I would love to get you up for a game in Maxville with my with the senior team, my best friend Matt, that I was talking about at the beginning of the show. I've already talked to him about it. He owns the team. Um, we'd love to have you out there at some point if we can make it happen and and everything else. But if if there's one piece of advice for people out there right now who are watching and, and right now maybe feeling a little inspired um, by your story, what would your advice be to them to, to be able to pick themselves up and, and, and get back in the gym or get, to, get back to doing whatever it is that maybe makes them feel good? Is there something that you would, would suggest to these people, Kevin?
2: Well, I, you know, i have to say, like, you know, what are you doing? Um, like, what inspires you to do it? You know, I'll just use hockey, for an example, because that's what we're talking about. It's easiest. So, but this can offshoot. I'm going to sound like Tony Robbins in a minute. This can offshoot into any, you know, spectacle of your life, any vocation, sport, hobby. doesn't have to be anything, you know, cool like hockey. It could be, you know, your hobby. How, how much do you want to get into hobby? You could be into making, I don't know, koi ponds or something. So, you know, my motivation was obviously... You know like more than twofold i mean it was you know taking out anger and frustration in a positive way from when my mom passed away you know um you know unfinished business with you know when i was a kid getting cut and i still remember it was in wellesley where i got cut i booted the fire door i kicked it so hard man i was just you know i was just lit because i had all this emotion and it's like okay let's use it to something positive um Four-minute game plan, right? So I started out with Journey to Excel. Then I got a skating coach, and then I worked with this skating coach. And I watch video all the time. Mot- Motivation—I've watched every single motivational video on YouTube. Um, you know, I've, I've got so many good mentors in my life. Jim Thompson, you know, Jim.
1: Friend of the show. Shout out, Jim Thompson. Yeah, I just messaged Jim, Jim earlier. Great guy. One of the best. Um,
2: you know, like my Muay Thai coach, Crew uh, Gerald Ching in Mississauga, a good friend of mine, you know, pushes me to no end. My buddy Todd Medina in Huntington Beach, California, Todd, the UFC, he's a good friend of mine and, and coaches me when I'm, when I'm out there training with Todd. Um, ben McDonald, boxing coach I have in, in Mississauga. You know, I've just been so blessed and so fortunate, but, like, I go and, and I, like, I seek out this stuff to train to get better. Like I'm obsessed with it, you know, and, and people could say, Well, look, this guy's off his rails, he's forty-six. And I said, Well, why don't you come out and train with me
0: then?
2: <laughs> I'm their and I said I'll, I'll, on I'll
1: pass so, on I'll no, pass
2: I don't pass want on. you to come I'll,
1: I'll pass on that. We're not we're we'll race and you'll lap me twice. Just
2: just no bucket. I want to see your hair. It's beautiful. <laughs> so but you know, in, in all seriousness though, you know. I go and I seek this stuff out because I want to improve. I want to make myself better. So someday I can show someone to be better. But I, you know, I've got a certain thing in agenda, things that I want to attain. Right. And be able to compete with a bunch with a group of athletes at my highest level, and I want to push them to be at their highest level. So, you know, come up with a game plan, um, be organized be meticulous be consistent because you know if you're not being consistent someone else is out there i will guarantee that right now 100 and that just doesn't go for training like don't go to the rink and half-ass it you know you go to the rink it's 50 minutes right because they allow 10 minutes for a flood so if you try not to swear
0: go uh, ahead Have if, if you
2: messed around for 10 minutes now you're done to 40 And then you go sit on the bench, suck and win for eight minutes. Now you're down to 32 minutes. Like what the hell is a 32 minute practice? Mm -hmm. Right. So like utilize your time wisely, Mm -hmm. right? Eat properly, drink water, drink fluids. You know, I'm a bio still guy. So I say bio still drink, like rehydrate right before, during and after your workouts. So you're, you're already recovering for your next workout or you're, you're recovering, you're, you're training your body to, recover with the meals like there's so much to it it's not just you know it isn't just like one thing so you know if you're going to do it be all in you know figure out a way and, and ask people for help you mm. know and, and you know i guess uh you can't do it on your own especially hockey you know like if yeah. i didn't have you know um ash supporting me and, and eddie Choi and jim thompson and my muay thai coach and you know, even the people I go to for therapy, like I go to physio every week. And not because I'm broken, coaches and scouts, but to get to repair, mm-hmm. right? To to prime me so I'm ready. Yeah. You know, um, a friend of mine, Matt Nickel, would say... Best, the best Matt
1: Nickel. Yeah, I was just plug him. What's that? I was just going to plug him when you said Biosteel. And that's why I put the picture, right? Matt Nickel <laughs> from Biosteel? <laughs> right.
2: He always said the best... Rehab is good prehab. So that always resonates with me, right? So, you know, I go to physio, Cairo, and massage every week to 10 days. You know, Cairo might be every 10 days or a week, depending on how I'm feeling. If I'm at the fire hall and I got my pack on a bunch of days or nights, you know, your back gets a little tight, plus training, okay, go get a crack. So I'm always trying to be ahead of the curve with this stuff, and it all translates into your training. Right, because it's all just as equally. You have to treat everything that is equally as important, right? Um, not going to massage is not an option. Not eating right is not an option. Not drinking enough fluid before practice, drinking too much coffee before mm-hmm. a skate or workout—that's an that that's an issue. Like there's a lot of little things that it, you know, maybe people don't think about, but mm-hmm. you know, like in order to get just that that little bit better than the next guy or you know that little bit faster that 0. 0.41 seconds away
1: that's all you are isn't it,
2: it i mean it whatever i mean it, it, it's it's a number right but it's you know it, it's uh it's to chase, and it's it's something to make you better right so you know you have to have goals you have to set boundaries for yourself or, or no boundaries but you have to have an idea of, of where you want to be like you know Like, it would be of no disservice to me if I just said, well, I I don't really care how fast I can burn around the ice. Like, who cares? No, like, it's really important. You know, maybe next time I try it with a puck, right? Because that's a real game situation. But so is back checking without a puck, right? So, like, everything's
0: important. So
1: that that's still to me when I watched that video of you, the fastest, your, your lap time there, I watched it probably 10 times. Today. I was showing everybody that was around me. Like, you guys got to watch this. You just come watch this for a second. And, and you know, and I, you see the clock average like 13.56 seconds. or something, and I just laugh. Like I laugh. Like I played professional hockey and even in my prime, I don't think I was, I think I was maybe 14 or just under whatever, but not, not even close. Like, and it's, it's remarkable. And it, you know how maybe you know we've got a few minutes left here kev like how much progression would you say that you've seen in your development not just as a hockey player but have you actually become faster since all of this um are you slowing down or are you getting faster like how has it been and and do you find it more challenging at your age um or or is it just a mindset and you just keep plugging away and you feel like a young buck out there
2: yeah i actually feel uh and I'd be, I, I'm telling you the straight up truth. Like I'm, I'm the best I've ever been and I'm, I'm getting quicker. I'm training differently. Like, but here's the thing. Like I've been a firefighter for 20 years. You're a professional firefighter. You you're like, we're occupational athletes. Yeah. We need to be in the best shape ever. I go from, you know, 200 pounds to my gear on 250 plus carrying equipment. I go from 200 to 300 pounds in like five minutes. Yeah. So you know, I was already in shape. I did firefighter, the firefighter combat challenge for 10
1: years. I was going to ask
2: bodybuilding Ontario for 10 years. Like my whole life has been about training and being in, in the best shape that that's humanly possible. Right. So for me to switch, to go to the hockey route, you know, I had to cut down some of the hypertrophy work. I had to increase speed work. You know, I've always done Muay Thai and kickboxing. So I ramped that up again and you know, it's. I think different athletes have different plateaus, if you will, and in, in peak. Like you look at guys that have played in the NHL or still playing. Like you know, you look at a guy like Yager. Yeah. Right. And what he can still do at, at fifty, it's incredible, right? <laughs> um, it blows me away when I when I watch this guy play still, and I'm like, that's amazing, right? So, you know, not comparing myself to that guy because we we absolutely do not have the same hockey mo whatsoever, but if you're just sheerly talking about athleticism and age, like yeah. a lot of people can do it. It's just a matter of if you put your, your, your mind into it and you got to put your whole mind, body and soul into it. It's not like it's, it's all or nothing like to, to get quicker and, and faster. And uh, I'm also very meticulous with skate blades with, with equipment, with what skating. are
1: you using for blades? I can't tell you why.
2: No, I use step steel. I use black steel, step yeah. steel. Okay. I use a quad zero cut with a, a five-eighths.
1: Yes, 5 eighths, uh, me yeah. too, me too. But it I'm depends
2: on-, on, you know, like um, in the summer, the ice becomes softer. So I'm going yeah. to sharpen them a wee less. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I used to use true skates, and then I found they were getting a little heavy for me. So I switched yeah. to CTM. Um, but now there's even a, a lighter skate out on the market. So
0: we'll yeah. See. You know, know.
2: It's, it's, everything's constantly evolving so you gotta you gotta be up on this stuff. so
1: it's uh man I'm just I'm still i'm I'm honestly blown away by just by who you are and what you've been able to achieve and I'm excited to see where your journey is heading and I you know I just want to reiterate uh, to you like and I know it doesn't matter what I say or what anybody says you're not stopping for anything but man, Please, man, just keep going, dude, because you're inspiring so many people. Um, do have a question here uh, from my buddy Josh up in Kingston. It says, hey, Kevin, what is the biggest benefit from firefighting to directly translate into hockey for you?
2: Well, you know, for, uh, I would say, you know, physically speaking, you know, the overall, and, and, and don't kid yourself, not every firefighter works out in the world most do because i mean it's it's on you i mean you want to go home at the end of your shift right guys drop from heart attacks all the time in the fire service throughout north america and the world um you know it's on you to work out we we have the time we're given the time um so it, that helps me translate to hockey but i i think one of the big thing too is is sometimes the camaraderie between um and not necessarily always crews but on you meet and work with so many different individuals and a hockey team, you know, as we've seen through COVID, especially with, um, you know, um, call-ups and, and taxi squads and guys getting sent down and, and salary cap things. And it's a constant juggling act for these, for these teams. And, and you're always, it's like a revolving door lately with players and athletes, um, and it's getting to, um, gel with other players. I would say is one of the biggest things because, you know, you know, it's no big secret. Like not everyone in a hockey locker room are best buddies, not everyone in the fire department are best buddies, but you've got to gel, right. Because you're all there for the same goal. You've got to find common ground in gel. And, and I think, you know, because I'm a bit older, I'm able to kind of, you know, look at guys at different ages and, and, oh yeah, I've been there and I've been there and (laughs) definitely been there where that player or athlete's been and, and can identify with, you know, issues, problems, slumps up and down, you know, maybe I can talk them out of something or show them something different or, you know, offer them some, some brotherly advice. And, um, so I think that's where, you know, the parallels kind of line up from, I would say firefighting into hockey and, At the same time, you know, I I got some friends that they were pro hockey players. They just became firefighters in town in Oakville here in Burlington, too. So,
0: you
2: know, there's a lot of parallels between the job and sport. So.
1: Yeah, and you know, firefighting was something that I always wanted to do. My dad's a retired fire captain uh, out in North Vancouver. He's actually watching right now. He just said, uh, "Great story, Kevin. I hope you get a shot somewhere." He's a scout for the Saskatoon yeah. Blades in the WHL as well, and uh, was the former VP of the British Columbia Firefighters Union for a long time as well. And uh, me and him Thanks, were talking. Kevin, Brian. Yeah. Me and him, me and him were chatting before and he's like, I told you he's on your docu-series now and uh, and a shout out to my dad back home. I haven't seen him in a number of, in a number of years. Um, Uh, unfortunately but now we're talking again and and have a great relationship thanks for watching dad and um as i was saying though is um you know that was something that i always wanted to do you know watching my dad and and you know i don't think i ever quite understood what he had to go through at work with with seeing the things that he saw and probably never will um because i just haven't seen it and you guys go through so much and and having to deal with that and 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 it can't be easy uh but i always felt like you know when i went to go see my dad at work that that was essentially when he was uh the happiest right around the guys and in that mode and i'd go see him at work all the time and it just made me i felt like hey this is something that i want to do and after my last year in Kelowna, prior to signing with the lightning like i had no intention of playing hockey after that year i was going to be a dad and here i'm going to go to the justice institute in british columbia and be a firefighter and that was always my, that was always the end game for me. And, you know, then I ended up signing the contract and going pro and then the addiction happened and in, in some jail and everything else. So that kind of is, you know, lost to the wayside. I completed part of the training division course in Texas, but never went down to the boot camp and, and did all that. And I just feel like there's such a, such an, uh, like you said, a parallel between hockey and, uh, and, and firefighting. And there's so many, great hockey people and, and great hockey players who are now firefighters for sure I know so many as I'm sure you do as well and they put out some of the best hockey teams. Do you play at all with the fire department?
2: I, I have in the past. Um it, like there's a huge hockey tournament. It's it's kind of trimmed out a bit due at the last few years due to COVID. But um uh, yeah I, I played with our, our, our Brampton teams and uh it's a lot of fun. Like I said, I haven't played with them in a, a bunch of years. I've been honestly I've been so focused yeah. with um, with training and, you know, my, my schedule is, is set out months in advance for training. And then, you know, I'm always trying to leave, you know, days or weekends open too, that I could, you know, if, if I if I were to get a call to go play and, um, shout out to the Asher was on the, uh, the podcast there for a minute. Um, Anthony Clark has agreed to help me, uh, um, as an agent and try to, see what we can find and bug some people.
1: That's, that's amazing. There it is. There it is right there. It says honored to be associated with Kevin. He's a gem from the Asher group limited. That's amazing. And listen, like I said, I want to do anything I can to help you. Uh, There's a few more comments I want to get to before we go um, just quickly, because I want to make sure I, I can't get to them all guys. I apologize. Um, Michelle alt. Michelle Alt. Right, Michelle? You've changed your last name, but on here it says Polino. Michelle Alt says, thank you, Kevin, first for your service and Ashley for yours. As well, thank you for giving those watching inspiration and motivation, no matter what their journey looks like. So Michelle up there in South Dundas watching. danny cassie my old personal skills coach from when i was a kid believe it or not watching says good morning from the philippines yes what a great wow. message extremely inspiring um we got a few more dean Smeal, my buddy dean Smeal from saint paul alberta little brother of the great hockey legend stan Smeal. said yeah, sure, sure. what a great story very inspiring Good on you, Kevin. Hello to Dean and family out there in St. Paul. Love you guys. And your top bunk, Dean. You know what that means, buddy. Um, Brody Kerbison watching too. Um, Let me see. Oh, I clicked the wrong button, guys. It's my first time. Um, There we go. This has been such a rewarding episode. In the inspiration alone, thank you very much for sharing your story and your time, Kevin. I will definitely be following your journey as you continue um pretty awesome there's some more comments i'm going to get to at the end of the show kev but when can last thing i want to ask you when can we get on the ice um i'd love to meet you at the rink of dreams sometime you ever seen this place
2: you know i just caught something on social media about that today, but I didn't really look into it. I was just... yeah.
1: It's a uh, it's a beautiful backyard rink in North York, and um, the family, the the Whites family, owns it. Have been so kind and, and generous to me. I've been down there in the summer for the roller rink. I've been down there for a couple times in the winter. And uh, she messaged me. She just messaged me yesterday. They're back uh, from Miami, and uh, I'm gonna be heading down there soon. While I'm oh, on, wait the topic. a second. Maybe I
2: have. Did they play ACDC? maybe video did Pavel barber go there
1: yes uh, yeah
2: i've seen it it's got they've got the music and the lights
1: yeah you've been there though
2: no i i have oh sorry i lost you here
1: again uh you're there you're there i'm
2: sorry i have seen this i have seen this it's it's unbelievable
1: yeah we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make it time, I'll figure out a time when we can get down there, and I'd love to get on the ice with you, man, and um, I know we're talking about this 4 for 4 tournament, I don't I'm sure if you can get up here for it or not, but, um, you know, we'd love to have you, we have uh, one more spot open, and and yeah, and so you know, the, the invitation is open to you if you'd like to join Team Puck Support, and even if you ever want to come up or want me to come down, I'd love uh, to have the opportunity to hop on the ice with you, and, and uh, just share that space, man, because you have an incredible story, dude.
2: Sorry. The computer froze again. It, it times out after. Oh, there we go. There we go. Sorry. Technology. Uh, yeah. That, that would be incredible. I know that weekend that the tournament's on, I'm actually at the fire hall that weekend, okay. but I'll see what I can do.
1: No problem. Hey, we're going to be doing it every year anyways, and we're going to be doing lots of other stuff. Um, but I can't wait, man. I can't wait to get you on the ice. And I know there's Brody. I know he's, Chimed in a couple times. He said he would love to share the ice with you and and learn from you. And and uh, there it is, right there. He says I'd love to just get out and skate with you to watch your skill and try to learn a thing or two. So, well,
2: um, not a big dangler. I'm just, I'll, I'll just. I'll be honest. You know, I, I I'm not a big dangler.
1: So you don't need to I'm be showing
2: any fancy dangles. But you know, everything we work on, like I said, when I when I go and train, everything is geared towards game situation like I, I play left wing I, well, I can play all three positions but I primarily uh, I'm a grinder you know I'm a, I'm a fourth line grunt grinder third line fast hit no. do
1: you want to know what I tell every single kid that I talk to that wants to make it in hockey is yeah you need to have skills and you sure you, you probably should be able to put the puck in the net or do something but if you want to have a successful career do all the things that nobody else wants to do. Yeah. Very few people, Kevin will, will be a top three forward on an NHL team or even an American league team. Right. It takes so much more than just people dangling or scoring goals. And to, listen, there's people that I was essentially more skilled than, or had more points than, And I'll tell you, even if I didn't go down the life that I went through addiction, their hockey careers still, would have went further than mine and they did there's guys that i watched that were essentially maybe not in the same conversation as me at one point right and others but they they carved out a path for themselves to do all the little things right to do all the things that people weren't paying attention to all the stuff that you've talked about tonight you've shown in your videos and your docus here all the stuff that people aren't practicing so stick with it buddy it is going to pay off for you i have absolutely no doubt
2: You you know, when I was in Rapid City at the main camp there a couple years ago, there were two drills that were my absolute favorite. I'll just touch on these two. It was one was a puck race, a two man puck race, like basically sprint the whole length of the ice for the puck. The other one, probably my most enjoyable drill, it was a penalty killing drill. I love killing. Like I love, like you know, you get anked like you're out there, like the anxiety, you're like, shit, it's five on four, it's five on three. Oh my God. I got to play triangle here. I got to play a box. I can't get too far out of my, th-. like, it's, it's a little harrowing on the mind, but it's kind of fun in a sick kind of way. And it's like, people think they say, oh, it, it's so hard because you have to skate faster and, and, but it's like, but it's, it's not a big deal if you're a fast skater. Or if you're, you're quick transitioning, if you're good with your stick, you take a the puck here and there, it actually gives you more room when it's five on four, right? And then you can create those odd man rushes and turnovers and just burn them that way. And plus, if you're 46 doing it, they'll really get annoyed, right? So you talk about having a, a calling card, right? Maybe my calling card is um, I'm the 46-year-old guy you'd hate to play against.
1: There you go, oh, man. Continue to, listen, continue to be that guy. And, uh, Kevin, I'm really excited to develop a friendship and to get on the ice with you. And to, I'm here to support your journey however that I can in any small way, or if there's a chance that I can, like, I'm going to continue this conversation going with people and I can't promise anything to But if there's one person, if there is one person that I've ever come across that deserves a chance, it's you, Mr. Porter. It's you and uh, I believe in it 100% and, and that's all I, it's all I want for you is just to get that chance and, and you deserve it, man. I'm proud of you. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are proud of you um, and anybody that's ever going to hate on you, they're just jealous because they're too lazy to get off their ass and that's all that it comes down to. So don't ever listen to anybody. If there's ever any people hating on you, I'm sure you're the guy that just uses that to fuel your fire.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's okay. I mean everyone's entitled their opinion, but like I just invite them out, come out to a skate. If you want to come out, here's the schedule, and you know I'll even buy you breakfast after. So you know, come out have some fun.
1: Oh, I love it. I love it, man. You're you're such a great dude, and and thank you for for what you're doing. I don't even think um, you maybe even have a an idea of how many people you you've inspired, and and will continue to do so down the line, man. That. It's just, it's incredible to sit back and watch. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge yeah, I, fan.
2: I really, I really appreciate you having me on and taking the time and, you know, another time too, I, I just want to say to, you know, the mental health, um, what you advocate for and what you've been through. And, and it's, it's very touching to me. I've, we, we could go on another whole conversation about that and some other things I've been through in life with my sister and um, some suicide attempts and things like that. And you know, it's just maybe we'll say that for another day, but I, I need you to know, too, that what you're doing is very, is massively important in the community and, and not just for hockey players and athletes, but for, for anybody, right? Because um, everyone goes through tough things and, and you know, you know what I went through as a kid and, and as a young adult, I guess, into my 30s, yeah, is it challenging? But having said that, there's even people that are way worse off. Right. And, and they don't have the means to rebound from it and they don't have the means to flourish and grow. And they didn't have an outlet like hockey, like my out, you know, it isn't, I'm not using it as an outlet, but you know what I mean? I, they didn't have something like I have hockey to focus on or, you know, the gym or Muay Thai or whatever. There's a lot of people out there that they don't have that. Right. So the coping mechanisms um, were there for myself and, and, you know you bring a lot of things to light with your with your work and, and i really appreciate that too so
0: that means
1: that, mean, that means a lot coming from you kevin honestly thank you so much and i appreciate you and well we will definitely be doing another podcast and hopefully the next time we do it maybe we can sit down next to each other that's the that's the goal here eventually once covid lifts i uh, there's people all over the world that i interview it can't be every time but i'm in muskoka you're trying to i'll be, even be a traveling show i'll come to people i want to have in-person conversation maybe we could even do it from the ice surface at the rink of dreams I'll, I'll talk to elise and david so we'll see man but uh like i said i'm a huge fan i'm one of your bigger supporters out here um and especially now that that we've connected man and i'm just excited to follow your journey and, and maybe be a small part of it in any way and um, dude just keep it up uh you've you've made me want to get back in shape for sure just listening to you tonight. So thank you. will send
2: you a workout when we get off here.
1: <laughs> please do. Please do. I might I might throw up when I look at it, but please uh, do.
2: They, they, you know what? I'll just – I'll say one last thing before we go. I uh, I did a boxing workout yesterday. Was it yesterday? What was today? What's today? It was yesterday. Uh, with my boxing coach, Ben McDonald. And Ben is from Great Britain. He's from England. And, uh, oh, no. He put me through something that was just – awful but you know what we got it done and it's it's part of my training and 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 it was it was ultra i'll, I'll post it on social media uh at some point it was awful. <laughs> like but it was fun but it was awful at the same time so
1: but you got through it right and how good yeah, did it absolutely right mean, and right? it just
2: becomes a mindset thing it's all mindset right like you know i can be exhausted but you know you put me out there the eighth period of the game and i, and I will find energy yeah. Right. I'll think of something that's pissed me off in life or frustrated me. I will come through. So, you know, it, it's mindset. A lot of what we deal with in life is mindset. So it,
1: It's, it's so true. And something that people, I think we're talking about more in today's world, but not paying quite enough attention to it. And I'm one of those people as well. Uh, you know, even just how we're talking to ourselves and the way we're approaching situations and, and all of that. And just what, what's your mind like when you wake up in the morning, do you have a clear picture of what you want to accomplish today? Right. And that's not always the case for me. And I look at a guy like you, and it just seems like you have this, this plan and this goals, these goals, and, and you're just, you're moving forward and, and you're progressing and it's just so nice to see. And it's just a, it's a reminder to me of where I need to get in my life to try to harness the things that I want to come to fruition in my life. So thank you. All good, man. Okay, Kevin, we'll, uh, we'll be definitely doing this again, and you'll be hearing from me soon. And if for some reason you can get out of the fire hall on the weekend, please let, let, let me know. Uh, we, we need somebody with your skating ability for sure because we're all, we're all way out of shape for sure. But we're just playing, playing <laughs> and everything else. So. All righty. Okay, Kev, thank you. Right,
2: thank you much. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, Thanks, yeah, man. Do, you
1: right, man. do you work tomorrow? I do you work tomorrow?
2: Yeah, we're at 6 in the morning. Okay.
1: go to bed thank you, you for your service appreciate okay, you. Man. Brother. okay take care Talk to you later.
2: Thank, you.
1: Bye. thank you guys that's kevin porter that was an unbelievable episode thank you to kevin for sharing his story i think we only scratched the surface and and often that's the case here on hockey down back an hour hour and a half can't possibly get everybody's story in but i'm grateful to hear that seems like he may want to come back. So I would love to have him back. We're going to hear quickly uh, from our friends over at Pride Tape uh, and I'll be back to wrap up the show. I'm going to share the Jordan Two story with you guys. Stick around.
0: Hockey to hell and back is brought to you by Pride Tape. Pride Tape is a badge of support from teammates, coaches, parents, and pros to young LGBTQ players. It shows every player that they belong playing the sport they love and that we're all on the same team. Show your support for teammates, coaches, and fans in the LGBTQ community by wrapping your stick with Pride Tape. Every roll of tape will make an impact in sports and beyond. Inclusion starts with leadership. Check out some of the ideas of how you can get involved at youcanplayproject.org. Check out Pride Tape at pridetape.com. For more information, you can send an email to Aubrey at pridetape.com That's A-U-B-R-E-E, Aubrey, at Prytape.com. You can find Prytape on Facebook.com slash Prytape, on Twitter at Prytape, and at Prytape on Instagram. Prytape thanks all of you for being champions for change.
1: Thank you to our wonderful friends over there at Pride Tape and the You Can Play Project. Uh, They're breaking down barriers all over the place and doing so much great work, uh, not just in hockey, but in in the communities and all sports. So thank you for, for your support. Everybody get out there, do your part. Hockey is for everyone. We can never, ever forget that. So, two years ago, almost now, You guys and girls out there, I started this journey in the podcast and never in a million years would I imagine that it took me to the places that it's taken me and connected me with the people that I'm connected with. I now have some some people that I never knew two years ago who are now, in some cases, one guy's my best friend and, and others are very close to me. And if I didn't take that chance and start this podcast, there's absolutely no way in hell that... I'm at where I'm at today. And I know that I say thank you a lot, but there are a lot of people, and I know David Carlson is watching right now. He's been with this show since virtually day one, with no judgment either. Head in, diving in head first, I should say, with no judgment, with love and support without that love and support through doing what i'm doing i probably don't continue on i probably get discouraged knowing me and i probably quit two years ago i will never ever forget those people that listened to me from the start and that's not to say i don't appreciate all of you who are either watching for the first time or I've been watching for the last couple months or a year. I appreciate all of you. But there was a time when I was sitting in front of a camera. Actually, not even a camera. Microphone and then a camera. I had no teeth. I looked like hell. And I was talking probably a little bit crazy. But you guys stuck with me. And I'm just unbelievably grateful. Because today... I have more in my life than I ever could have imagined. I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a lot of material things, but I have real relationships and friendships and support networks and passion and drive. And maybe more than anything, I have a purpose. And that's why I've been able To stay clean off all the hard drugs for almost two years. Today is February the 3rd. By next podcast, it's probably going to be February the 8th. February the 8th, I'll be two years clean off all hard drugs. A lot of people know that I've used cannabis through my recovery. I can't lie. People could say what they want. For two years, I have not used any hard drugs. I've not stuck a needle in my arm i haven't done any of that and i never thought it was possible be possible to ever get through that just was no possibility and when i started this podcast there's a few people that were at the very top of my list essentially dream guests people that i looked up to and have looked up to immensely Guys like Sheldon Kennedy been on the show. Theron Flurry, been on the show, and hopefully we'll be on the show again soon, was supposed to be on this week, uh, but we couldn't make it happen. Another one of those players, Jordan Tutu. And I reached out to Jordan, right off the hop a couple years ago, sent him an email. I'm not even sure if it was the right email but it was one that was sent to me. I never heard back. I think I sent him one message on social media, on Instagram, around the same time from an old account that I no longer have. And I kind of just left it, right? I know that he's kind of private. I then found out about seven months ago that my friend, Adam Scorgi, shout out Scorgi Productions, Adam Scorgi the best hockey documentary filmmaker they make other stuff too but as far as hockey documentaries go there is not a better team in the business than adam Scorgi and his guys he called me seven months ago and said i we just we just got the jordan tutu story and i was like wow wow because for anybody that doesn't know jordan tutu is a retired nhl player who has battled mental illness and addiction himself and he lost his brother Terrence to suicide back in 2002. So today, I was sitting on the couch, minding my P's and Q's, doing the norm, and all of a sudden I got a message on Instagram from Jordan Tutu. I'm not going to show it or anything. I just want to kind of get an idea of, of what the original message he sent to me was. And for me, this was a huge Huge turning point for me. When he messaged me, he just said, what's up, Brady? Listen to a few of your pods. Good stuff, brother. He said, it's awesome how you've changed your life. We went on to talk about some other things. And anyways, after the first message, and I told Susan and other people that I wasn't going to tell anybody this story because nobody would believe me. But for anybody that knows me, I have a hard time keeping stuff in, especially these days. So I got this message from Jordan Tutu around twelve thirty today. I guess it was, and was really excited. I was wearing this shirt right here that I'm that I'm wearing today, and and I went into my room this morning. Uh, and, and just grabbed a shirt. I haven't worn this shirt. I've maybe worn it twice in my life. I didn't even know I still had it. The long sleeve, I'm usually in a hoodie. But I grabbed this shirt and I went upstairs. I get a message from Jordan Too. Now, shortly after, I was going live on Instagram with Nick Davis, former OHL Ottawa 67's draft pick, who has been open about his addiction and different things. And we were going to go down to the wharf where the four on four hockey tournament is that I was talking about earlier. So that I could kind of show and say, hey, this is where the tournament is. Meanwhile, I'm super excited that Jordan Tutu has been messaging me, right? Full disclosure, I actually responded like a total fanboy to him and had to unsend messages. And he laughed and called me a gong show. <laughs> kind of funny, but I don't do that often. But that's how much I look up to him. So here Susan and I are in this parking lot and I'm about to get out of the car to go do this live video. Now, my phone was in my lap and I went to reach for my phone. I'm gonna put my camera down a little bit here. And I went and reached for my phone. And my shirt, my shirt was flipped up like this. Just kind of sitting like this and I reached for my phone and I look down and I see this. And I look at, sorry, hold on. I'm trying to get it so you guys can see it. Try not to show you guys my fat stomach here, although I am losing weight. Terrence tutu was actually in the shirt that I was wearing. And I looked down and I looked at Susan and I said, I don't even think we could tell anybody about this story because it just simply wouldn't believe us. It may not sound that, like that wild, but this is the only piece of clothing that I have personally that has Terrence Tutu's name on it. And I haven't worn this shirt in like six or seven months. And I grabbed it today, put it on. Shortly thereafter, got a message from Jordan and then I got the courage after a few hours of texting back and forth with him to kind of share with him what we're doing here at Puck Support, honoring those that we've lost. In fact, Jordan, we've, we've been honoring your brother, and I wasn't even sure if you'd be okay with it. And so I sent him a picture of me with the shirt flipped up and sent it to him. And you know what his response was? That's awesome. Where can I get a bunch of those? And, you know, I've got a bunch of messages from, from him now. And, and, like, I don't know. It's just a pretty, pretty profound story the way that it happened today. And for me personally, Jordan Tutu is somebody that I've been honestly praying about having just an opportunity to talk to him, not even on this podcast, for me personally, selfishly, I would love to talk to Jordan Tutu because I just look up to him so much. So much. And today that happened. And sounds like eventually he's going to be a guest on the show once his documentary comes out too. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe he... Maybe he wants to be a part of puck support. Maybe that's, maybe that's a dream. I don't know, but to get that message and to get messages from, from anybody throughout the day of encouragement and and lifting me up, it, it means a lot to me. And whether it's Jordan Tutu or a young hockey player that's 10 years old that just recognizes what I'm doing and and they take the time to reach out. It certainly means a lot and it keeps me going. I know that nobody has to spend their time watching this show or sending messages or or doing any of that stuff. And there's only so much time in a day. And you all have spent a lot of time with me over the last two years and I appreciate you. I just can't say thank you enough. I'm really excited for the future, the future of Puck Support, the future of this podcast. And I have hope for the future of people, for mental health, for addiction. It's an uphill battle, but I do have hope. And I believe that the solution lies in each one of us, the people in our communities helping each other. That's where it starts. I challenge you all to go out of your way albeit tonight if you're watching live or whenever you're hearing this stop go out of your way to be of service in some way doesn't have to mean doesn't mean that you have to be buying somebody something it could be something non-monetary but go be of service do something nice, do something kind, do something to lift somebody up. And if you see somebody struggling, don't kick the mother down. Don't point the finger. If someone's in an addiction don't call them a loser or this or that or they're no. Why don't we stop and ask why? What can I do to help? What can I do to help? That's the last thing I want to say other than, Hello to my family in BC. I love you. Miss you dearly. My kids, Brooklyn and Brody, like, I don't know if you're hearing this one. I've been asked not to talk about you. I've been asked not to post about you. But I love you and I miss you. And I'm not sure if you're watching these podcasts or hearing them. But I'm doing my best to respect you guys and respect the situation. But I just want you to know that I'm here. And I'm sorry. And I love you. And uh, there's no going back. There's no going back. There's no going back. Shout out to Rick Sterling. Had a great conversation with him today. Thank you, Rick. Can't wait to see how how we're going to work together to, to change the world, buddy. Louise Levis, I'm going to go ahead and assume you're sitting there with Bob your amazing husband. You too. Said it before. I don't know where we would, would have been without you guys as our neighbors growing up. Thank you for supporting me in the show. I love you guys. The last comment I'm going to get to is Michelle Minor. Everything happens for a reason, Brady. Keep being you. Good things happen to great people. <laughs> It's hard to hear that anyways guys like i said go be of service do something for others do something for your community be kind to one another we'll see you guys back here during the day now i hate to say it i know a lot of you guys listen at watch at night live but i have to take time for myself and start to do these shows during the day And start taking the nights for myself. Because people keep telling me that I can't pour from an empty cup. So it's time to start listening. So stay tuned for the new schedule. There may be one or two night shows or something going on. But we're going to try to do it all during the day. And uh, if you can't watch live, you can always watch the replay or listen to the audio after. And if you are watching, please press that like button. Please press that share button. If you're watching on Facebook, please go over to YouTube subscribe to the channel and if you really liked it tell your friends about it that's how we that's how we spread the word here anyways guys we'll see you guys all next episode but until then have a great day if you so choose I have only a path I'm lonely, but damn I'm going I don't want no fake love I want the real stuff Everybody listen up Cause I'll only say it once I'm gonna show you all the path If you want it bad I'm gonna show you every side Yeah, how you can get it back Yeah, cause I ain't never done I'll be number one Working hella hard until I get just what I want Yeah, rises like the sun Yeah, fatal like a gun Shooters gonna shoot and I'm gonna shoot until
0: I'm
1: grateful, oh, yeah, able, oh, yeah,
0: I'm stable, oh, yeah, you're playful, oh, yeah, you know me, I have only am.